0: You're listening to the Wired for Impact podcast. My name is Peter King, and I'm the host of the program. In each episode, I bring you world-class entrepreneurs, leaders, and creators who are wired to make a difference. Each episode seeks to educate, illuminate, and inspire you to become the best version of yourself so that collectively we can become a greater force for good in the world. When we're wired for impact, we can and will make a difference. Welcome back to the lovely Dimple Thakrar to the podcast. This is your second episode, I believe. Second or third? Gosh, it's been... We've known each... Is it third? I think it's third. Yeah. So welcome back.
1: Thank you, Peter. What a gift to be back. I just love rifting with you and just having like the best time. So thank you.
0: It's been awesome getting to know you better over the years. We met um, way back when during a Tony Robbins stint that we were both uh, doing, and then we've kind of uh, continued to cross paths over the years. And it's been awesome to see the journey that you've been on and the the kingdom that you've been creating with your relationship podcast and the work that you're doing there. It's really, really been inspiring to watch.
1: Oh, thank you, Peter. Well, you inspired me because... I had this whole limiting belief that I was only good at being a guest on podcasts or I would go guest on everybody's podcast. And so birthing my own podcast has literally been five years in the procrastination. <laughs> it Fine. took
0: it took me a few years too before I had to finally dive in well you have the voice for it you have to you have the voice of a host for sure to that people want to listen to and are attracted to so it's I'm glad you're doing that it's called beyond the words for those um that are interested and you're a few episodes in now but I know you have yes. several in the in the log too. So
1: yes, yes, yes. We just launched our 14th episode and my producer announced last week that it was ranking, um, in the top 10% globally. So.
0: Amazing. <laughs> just... Amazing. Wow. Congratulations. That's Thank beautiful. You. Um, I wanted to to spend a decent amount of time talking to you today about polarity in mm. relationships because, it is first and foremost i think <clears throat> i think and i believe that you share this sentiment that relationships really are the place for the greatest joy in one's life but i think in our society right now we're finding out that relationships are not just the the place for this most significant amount of personal pain and frustration and incongruity but how that's affecting the entire society. Uh, And so I I feel that healed relationships heal society and uplift society. And so I think it's something that's so important that we don't really know what a clear, healthy relationship looks like. And I always ask my relationship guests um, on the podcast, what that is, can we continue to bring that into um, further clarity so that people have a real sense of what we're aiming towards? And mm-hmm. there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, disagreement and/ or confusion or uh, misunderstandings about what a healthy relationship looks like. And to me, the polarity is something that helps get us closer to a symbiotic, complementary relationship as opposed to one that feels right now, at least societally, as more adversarial or victim blaming or, uh, you know, you need to be doing this or I can't find a good man or all the women or this. It's like there's no winning in that. You know what I mean? Mm. I think my first question to you is, can you first and foremost explain what polarity is so that we're clear on what that is and we can take it from there?
1: Yeah, absolutely. What a fantastic conversation and topic. and You know, it's my favorite thing, so I just love to think about it. polarity is something that i discovered through pain actually and what that is is that we both have we we all have masculine and feminine energies within us and so it's not that men only have masculine women only have feminine i have masculine and feminine energy in me my husband has masculine and feminine energy in him our relationship our marriage broke down when we were out of balance within our own Masculine and feminine energy. So, for example, I was operating at around 80% masculine, 20% feminine. Now, the numbers are arbitrary. It's just to illustrate the point. As a result, that impacted him and his masculine and feminine balance because he was trying to keep polarity. So, what that means is masculine and feminine energy attracts, it's like a magnet. So there's polarity there. So you pull each other together. That creates the intimacy, the passion, the deep connection. So then if I am out of balance, it knocks his balance and vice versa. So we end up depolarizing each other. I.e., if I'm in my masculine, inauthentic, And he's in his authentic masculine. We've got masculine on masculine that will repel repel each other like a magnet would, you know, like positive on positive or negative on negative.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. But really polarity is about when I'm in my authentic feminine balance. So it's about 70% feminine for me, about 30% masculine and everybody's is different. That polarizes his authentic balance in him. And also he has to do the work on maintaining his authentic balance. Mm-hmm. So he's more masculine than he is feminine, which is why we're an ideal match, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. The problems occur when you're firstly out of balance yourself and secondly out of balance in the relationship. Is that- What's so f-
0: yeah, that makes a ton of sense. Uh, you explained that perfectly I think the challenge that a lot of people find, I personally went through this when <clears throat> when you start to have a family. I think initial attraction, especially when you're young, you tend to be more in that center of of energy that is um, consistent with your identity and then you all of a sudden start having the stress of building a family and building a life and having bills to pay, pay. but specifically around childbearing uh, yes. or childbirthing I have found has been a significant shift in so many relationships because a woman naturally goes into a masculine energy to lead her children, to prepare and plan for them, to create schedules, to protect them. And the men in that in that same time, I, I remember watching my then wife go through childbirth and you're helpless there's that you have to go into a feminine energy you can't do it for her so you go into a very supporting nurturing what can i get for you is are you uncomfortable how can i do this and and without knowing it i've seen couples i did this myself where you just sort of years go on and you go into a depolarization where I, where the masculine is or the man is is looking to nurture and what do you need and what do you want to eat and where do you want to go? And, and they're letting her lead and she's more in her masculine. How do you, for those that may be just coming online and realizing that maybe they're in a depolarized uh, relationship, how do you repolarize?
1: Yeah, it's it's a really profound question. The first piece is acknowledging where you're at. Motherhood and mothering is a really masculine energy, right? And particularly if you're certainly for me, married to a serial entrepreneur hmm. who as soon as the babies were born, the pressure for him to go and earn and pro- and provide got a hundred X because he had two mouths to feed, hmm. right? Or the alternative if you're if you are very much nurturing and like you've described. So What I have come to realize is in my relationship and my marriage of 28 years now, and we've been together 33, is that, and this is an ongoing process, by the way, and you're absolutely right. I have found whenever there's a profound change in a relationship, it can flick the switch and it can cause depolarization. So that often is children. That's often relocating or a new horse. It's something big, right? And what i've come to realize is that for a woman if she's in fear a lot of the time she will go into her protector mode because she doesn't feel she's protected because the man has gone into his feminine and that's not protector mode so the key i believe is that if she can settle into feeling safe and he can settle into leading even when It's uncomfortable. And even when she's confused and doesn't receive it in the way that he intends, if he can hold the storm, she's going to settle even more into her feminine. But he has to be able to hold the storm and know that it's not personal to him. Because it really is not. She's having a battle with herself. She may not be aware of it. It may not sound like it. But until he holds that storm, she can't do anything but protect herself because she feels unsafe.
0: Let's zoom into that for a little bit because I I know that this is oftentimes the pivot point for relationships where she's experiencing a storm and his capacity to stand in it and lead her through that is paramount. And oftentimes, and you just said, that it's helpful if he doesn't take it personally. On the other hand, when the storm is aimed at you, yes. <laughs> and, it's, and it's, and it's, you're the reason why yes. and this, this is, it's hard to
1: it's so hard.
0: navigate that. So ha- help us out What for somebody that's for in those critical moments, what is standing in the storm and leading her through the storm look and sound like to you?
1: A beautiful question. And firstly, I want to honor all you men that have really, really experienced the storm. It's not a great place. It really is not a great place. And it is extremely difficult. I have no idea how you do it, honestly. No idea. And I also know that it's also the gift of expansion. If you can hold that storm, you grow massively. And that is the reason Mother Nature provides it for you, right? So that's Mm -hmm. the first key, understanding that this is an opportunity for you to grow, not an opportunity for you to get taken by the storm right and then the second piece is what I some a technique that I often use with my male clients is can you witness her as a little girl can you see her if you have a daughter can you see her as a little girl what would you do and I'm not saying you treat her like a child but I'm just saying what is the feeling that happens when you see that this Little girl is frightened. She's terrified. And she doesn't even know what she's frightened of. Can you witness her in that moment and disregard everything, the verbal diarrhea that's being flung at you? Because in her mind, she's going, I really don't mean this. I'm so sorry. Like, it, it is such turmoil for a woman. Particularly when our hormones are all over the place,
2: mm-hmm. I'm
1: not making excuses. we do have to do the work. I have to manage my storm, and there are times when I can't because I'm so hormonal, but with the storm and that the higher the storm the equal amount of passion that woman can hold mm-hmm. <laughs> right yep so if That's you're enjoying that a level of passion and charisma and sex appeal and gorgeousness then this is just another aspect of her full rainbow of emotions
2: mhm
0: okay is there a time when the boundary gets crossed where he may need to say, look, I understand you're feeling this and this is your storm, et cetera. But this is not the, uh, the, the consistency of this or the frequency, the intensity of it is not serving me. W- when, when is it okay? When should a man say, this, this is dysfunctional and this is not serving me and it's not uh, respect uh, to stay in this is disrespectful to myself?
1: Yes. So this is a really good, brilliant, brilliant question. And what I have come to learn is that it's never at the time in the storm. And I'll tell you why. She's not receptive. It will create more of a storm. You are dealing with a child in that moment. You cannot reason in that moment. And this is why I really recommend that you have what I call love meetings in the marriage where you sit down where you're both calm and collected, collected and you sit down and you discuss what your boundaries are. And in that moment, you discuss that, look, when this sort of behavior happens and you disassociate it from the woman, you don't say when you are like this, the language is really important. When this behavior happens, it makes me feel like this. And that isn't healthy for me or us. So as a man, I want to protect us. So in that moment, I am going to walk away or I am going to just do something to take care of me and whatever that is, and I'll be back. Because the last thing you want to do is leave her in the storm and you go and take a moment, take a breath, right? Or there's another technique that I use is where we use a code word. So I have said to him, "You, my code word is yellow flowers. Mm-hmm. And it has to be a word that is completely arbitrary, that doesn't trigger you, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I, like, I like yellow flowers. I like sunflowers, right? So when he says that, that's a code for me to know that I'm triggered for me to know that you're in this storm right now, because I'm not even aware of it. Mm. Right? Uh,
2: uh,
0: Explain that. How how do you not know when you're coming at him and he's the source of all your your pain?
1: I am aware that he's the source of all evil in that moment. (laughs)
2: Right.
1: (laughs) I am... Oh, no, let me... And it's super clarification. Thank you. I am unable to stop the... The the momentum.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I need a pattern interrupt, and I need one that we both agreed. Mm-hmm. And for him, it's cold red.
0: That you red. say to him.
1: Yeah. When okay. he's in his trauma.
0: So when you're when you're in the storm and the energy's coming and and it's, it's expelling, he stops and says, "Yellow flowers" to you. Yeah. correct? What, yeah. what does that do for you? What, like literally walk us through emotionally, mentally, what happens for you in that moment?
1: What happens to me in that moment is I go, oh, hold on. And I literally go, I just take a moment because it stops me dead because we have discussed what that means. What that means is he's identified. I'm on that high speed train to, to self-destruct. Right, and I have explained to him that when that happens, that he should ignore everything I'm saying and doing, and just ask me, "What do I need?" So he pattern interrupts. He asks me what I need, and in that moment, I can say, "I need a hug. Mm. I need you to just listen to this garbage. It's not about you, right?" Hmm. So mm. we have discussed what our blueprint is, but we discussed it when we were both in a neutral state.
0: Yes, sober, <laughs> not influenced sober. by by right? biochemicals. And, yeah.
1: And can I say we get it right every time? No, we don't. No, we don't. But it reduces the number of storms, and it reduces the length of time that those take. And on the flip side it reduces the number of times he loses his temper and shouts and me feeling unsafe.
0: I was just going to ask, you just answered the question I was about to ask you, but there's a part of it that I want to ask you too, which is I think that there, I think people in relationships, neither side likes to deal with the code red or the yellow flower moments, you know? And I think that there is this, subconscious or or unspoken expectation that at some point in the future, we're not going to be dealing with this anymore, that these will eventually go away. We'll grow out of
2: this
0: (laughs) garbage, rubbish. Okay. So explain how this is still part of the quote unquote healthy, the fuller picture of a, a healthy dynamic between the masculine and the feminine.
1: Yeah. It, like I said, at the beginning, it expands the man he gets to grow because the more he practices navigating the storm, the less the storm occurs and and the more he gets to be her hero. Like when my man has rescued me from my storm, by the way, it's not his. Mm-hmm. I am literally melting in his arms because I feel so safe, and I get to then discuss my trigger with him. I get to apologize. I get to actually say, do you know what, babe? Help me through this. What do you think it is that's causing this for me? Hmm. And I get to talk that through with him. That, that creates such a deep healing connection, right? Because he then gets to understand, like, a lot of my triggers were due to my childhood traumas through my relationship with my father. And it was only through him holding me and allowing me to shudder in that storm because that's what I needed. I needed to feel protected physically, Mm -hmm. right? Mm. So for him holding me, me shuddering and sobbing, and he got to be that strong man to hold me through that, And coming through it, I then got the intuition and the downloads that this wasn't mine. It was an old thing from a little girl. And I get to talk that out with him and I get to apologize to him for me making it about him. Hmm. I get to say to him, What are the things that actually trigger me is tonality, him ignoring me, my perception of him ignoring me. Mm
2: -hmm. (laughs) I
0: want to acknowledge. The humility and the maturity that it takes for a woman to, after the storm is over, come back and express. I, I want to acknowledge how meaningful that is from the man's side because the storm, men feel called to handle the storm, you know, and there's something very masculine about, you know, especially I've been through those moments where the storm comes and you feel very anchored. And you see the storm, the, the energy dissipate, and then you see the, the calm waters come back, and you're still fully anchored, fully present, created you know, perhaps sometimes some firm boundaries, but with love and reminding yes. that this is out of love. And, and for a woman to then, at some point after that, come back and say hey, exactly what you were just saying. Hey, this was unresolved trauma. Where do you think this was coming from? Support me through this. I'm sorry. Like that is so meaningful for a man because it's like, I can deal with any storm. If you just acknowledge that sometimes it's a, it's a lot to deal with. I, I think a lot of women expect that. You hear this, this, the superficial, you know, well, if you can't handle me at, at my worst, then you don't get me at my best. And there, there's this energy of like, you there's no appreciation for yeah. it. Mm-hmm. So you're, I just want to acknowledge that that's so healing for a man to, uh-huh. to acknowledge that it's a lot to deal with because you, you love that person and they're coming at you. And it's the last person that you want to not feel like an adversary, you know, it's tough. It's really mm-hmm. tough.
1: And that really landed for me again, Peter. You've said it to me before, and it's landed again at a different level for me. That piece on appreciation, right? Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. piece, you can manage anything as long as you're acknowledged and appreciated, right? Mm-hmm. It's huge. It's how it's, we can heal.
0: It's so, it's so needed for men because it's so rare these days. And to come from the person that you're, that you feel like you're asserting all that energy and love towards, to have that be reciprocated with, hey, I know it's a lot for you to handle this, to carry this, to to uh, thank you for bringing us back to congruence and back to polarity, et cetera, et cetera, makes it all worth it. Makes it all like I can handle anything, you know.
1: And Uh, and and I have actually said a few times to my man when he's handled me through the storms, because there's a lot of healing. That I've had to go through and will continue to. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I've actually said to him, Thank you. Thank you for taking care of me. Thank you for being that strong man and withstanding that. That isn't easy. And what I said was wrong. And I, I, I was wrong to say it. Right. And I really acknowledge the fact that you still stuck by me. Mm. Right. You still stuck by me Mm. that. And I can't, I can't guarantee that it won't happen again, but what I can guarantee is that I will do my best to heal these parts of me now that I know that they're present.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm telling you that level of acknowledgement and vulnerability and transparency and honesty and humility, I I think, Some women think that if they divulge that, that they are admitting that they're imperfect, that they're broken, that they're traumatized, that they're not worthy of love. And I just want to continue to reiterate how it's the exact opposite. If you can come to the table and share that with that level of of vulnerability that I was talking about and humility and love, it actually calls the masculine. It actually pulls us in to say, oh, thank you. Like, you're appreciating that this is tough that this is difficult that to happened. navigate
1: that yes because right?
0: yes. otherwise it goes completely unacknowledged and oftentimes uh, it yeah it's like expected it is the bare minimum as opposed to yes. no 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 this is the biggest value you're bringing to the table yeah
1: yes yeah. and i have to say ladies when you step up with this level of vulnerability Oh my freaking god! Does your man suddenly <laughs> become so fucking hot as <laughs> shit? Like,
0: tell, se- tell me about that.
1: The sexiest man on the planet, like
0: you. Okay, so when we met, and and the the, the critical moment, we talked about this in previous podcasts, but just to bring listeners up to speed. You had quite a very interesting moment with Tony Robbins, who if anybody knows who Tony Robbins is, he's six foot seven barrel chested. He is. I often describe him as a lion amongst lions, like he is a a big, massive energy and human being and man. And you made a comment live in front of hundreds, if not thousands of people that was inadvertently disrespectful to your husband. And Tony at the time was in the back of the room, and he comes storming down the the aisle, and he laid into you like I've not seen him lay into most. I mean, I've seen it a couple of times, but he brought <laughs> he brought it at you hard. Anyway, that was a very pivotal point. And we you can go back and listen to our previous podcast to hear the whole story. But tell me how that changed you, and then to what you were just saying before, how that called the masculine the the fuller masculine out of your husband to the point where you will repolarize and the attract, you use the word hot. That's not a word that you typically hear in, in marriages that are decades old. Mm. So how, <laughs> let's walk us through how that came. Cause you weren't there. You were in, as you described it in male bashing mode. Yeah. Right. So that shifted you. So walk us through what happened to you emotionally and psychologically, and then how your husband then repolarized with that.
1: It was so beautiful because it it would appear like Tony was attacking me,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? It would appear mm-hmm. that way. He wasn't. I felt completely safe because I felt his mm-hmm. integrity. But mm-hmm. from the outside looking in, like people had stopped breathing. It was that intense in mm-hmm. the room. Mm -hmm. And within two minutes, my beautiful man came from nowhere with his chest out, ready to take Tony Robbins down, right? Because nobody speaks to his woman like that. And it's acts like that that meant that I didn't have to be in my masculine because I was protecting myself. But he was here to protect me, right? Mm -hmm. And then there were moments in that intervention where I was on my hands and knees holding my beautiful husband's hand. He was stood above me and I was begging for forgiveness. And he knelt down and was eye to eye with me. And he said, I can't stand over you. We're equal.
2: Right?
1: Right. It's moments like that that reminded me why I married him because that allowed me to drop into my femininity and my vulnerability and my ability to say I'm just scared babe I'm so tired of wearing the trousers of having the balls and we literally energetically I handed back his balls in those in that moment and that's why then I was attracted to him because up until then I demasculated him and he'd allowed that
2: mm-hmm.
1: right mm-hmm. it's a two-way street it isn't that and he asked me for his forgiveness right so it's not that I was dishonoring myself or women it was more that I was stepping up as a woman not needing to be a man
0: it's amazing to me how how the answers are right in front of us. We're all, you know, I'm single, so I'm, I'm connect. I'm in different relationships groups and so many men and women are, there's no good men. There's no good women. I'm done with men. I'm done with women. And it's like nobody's shifting. I, I well, I should say I, we're starting to see shifts. I think cultural societally at a macro level, the collective level, we're starting to see some p- pretty significant shifts. We're start. I'm starting to see women say the things that you're talking about. Oh my God, I didn't realize how much I was emasculating my boyfriends or husband or, or even son, you know, or father, <laughs> brother. It's like that energy is not just, you know, you're not just holding that for your significant other. It's, it goes to all men. And I'm starting to see men step into their masculine duty, quite frankly, and not take shit, but do it in a way that is not angry and mm. not it's, it's like what you're talking about right now to stand in the storm and to be able to realize, oh, I, I'm dealing with somebody who's been traumatized. I'm dealing with somebody who hasn't been safe. I'm dealing with somebody who has been abused physically, sexually, uh, mentally, emotionally, and that person needs TLC a lot of it. And, and there's going to be times where that's going to bleed out. And I think collectively we need to recognize that I I had this concept that came to me a little while ago, you know, how we have all these movements, the me too movements or this, that, or whatever. And a lot of these are focused on the problems, which are, we need to do that to some degree. But this goes back to my original intention of this conversation is like, what is the vision? What is the goal? Where are we heading towards? I think it would be awesome if we started a movement called hashtag grow together. An acknowledgement, right. an acknowledgement that, oh, we're both hurt. Collect if you were to look at the collective and you have a million women over here and a million men, and everybody's dissatisfied, everybody's hurt. So there needs to be an acknowledgement that there isn't this like perfect, healthy. Man or woman out there, that's just that you're going to slide into their life, even though you're wounded and traumatized and have all your shit, and they're going to just lovingly appreciate and and take you in. No, we need to acknowledge that we need to grow together and to find that common ground, and and then elevate together. And everything that you're saying in this in this conversation is that you did exactly that. You and your husband grew together.
1: What
0: are some I still do yes, uh, that's the other thing I love about your leadership is that you continue to say these are this is tough. there's times where I'm still not doing it. The authenticity is very, very healthy in my opinion and very, very attractive because I think a lot of people are going, you know th- there's other gurus out there that show themselves as these perfect you know gems and I don't know that that's entirely true.
1: <laughs> um, it may well be. It may well be. I'm not going to stand in judgment for them, but I'm just being honest with where I'm at. Mm-hmm. I really believe that my, that marriages, relationships, especially you know when you're uh, you're in your third decade, I believe that they are they're cyclic. It's um, like the seasons. There's winter, the spring, the summer, fall, mm-hmm. or autumn, and then. It's cyclic.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Grow, there's a reason nature has seasons, because we have to grow through them each time. Mm-hmm.
0: What are some of the other maxims or principles that would be helpful for somebody who's wanting to reinvent their relationship, either with somebody that they've been with for a long time, or maybe the same type of person that they keep attracting and they're wanting to elevate what are some of the things that they can do we talked a little bit about like communication um you gave the example of it's not you that's doing it's this behavior which to me goes into a maxim that that i try to bring into my relationships which is it's us against the problem
2: Mm. you're not the
0: problem it's us arm in arm on both sides on this table (laughs) yes And on the other side is the problem. And so using language, I think, to say, and it's not you, it's this behavior or it's this trigger or, and now we can work together. What are some other principles or maxims that you can share, if I could put you on the spot, that would be helpful for people that are looking to reinvent and repolarize?
1: Yeah, it's a beautiful question. Um, And it's so essential. One of the things that I would say that and and we haven't been great at it up until now is being intentional and consistent.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So intentional with your relationship. So actually putting time and intentionality and effort. Right. And then the second piece is consistently. So what that will look like is something like doing daily blessings, for example. So that's spending five minutes with each other, eye gazing, and speaking into what you appreciate about them, right? It can be just a minute each, right? Intentionality, having intentional fun time, because especially when you've been married as long as I have, you get into a rut of speaking about the children, work, the house, the jobs, right? Mm -hmm. just have fun time, doing fun stuff, Mm
2: -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Having
1: a list of fun things that you want to do together. And then the other pieces as well is really talking about intimacy and how you want to express that. And because it changes as your body changes as and as you evolve. Right? So mm-hmm. having that open dialect that doesn't mean that what's happening is wrong. But having the mindset that you all you want to both of you cons- constantly grow and not settle for mediocre. Right? It's having those rules. And, you know, the other piece that I often recommend is business meetings or log meetings. Once a week, you sit down and you take care of business. You actually talk about what's working for you, what's not. Mm. Judgment-free.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. Mm. It's different to a date night. Different to a date night. The intention and purpose is very different. One's taking care of business. The other's focus is on intimacy, passion, connection.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Um, having known you now for a few years, it's been cool to see you evolve as a woman. And if I may, this is probably not very kosher, I guess, if you want to call it that, but you've allowed your hair to go gray, silver, actually. And I just want to acknowledge you because you're still, you still have that feminine vibe. You're looking younger and i I mean this, I mean this sincerely, like because of the, and I'm and I'm pointing this out, and for those that um are able to most people hear my podcast, I'm starting to put it out uh, on YouTube and also on Rumble, just so that you can see dimple because I w- the reason why I'm bringing this up is that you're maintaining your youthful spirit, and that is very attractive to men that mm-hmm. energetically the The energy is youthful, the fun, the vivaciousness, the radiance. And even though you're – but the other thing that I think is very attractive is the authenticity of the life stage. There's so many women that are trying to nip and tuck and all that kind of stuff, which I have no judgment on that either. I get it. Mm -hmm. So long as the the inside is still – it's not feeling empty. And you think you're thinking that the outside is going to solve the empty problems on the inside. If mm-hmm. that's what you're doing, then men can feel that. But mm-hmm. if you're, you're maintaining yourself in whatever way you feel called to, but you still have that youthful, authentic energy on the inside, then the radiance and the attractiveness I think can stay. So I just wanted to acknowledge that because I know a lot of women feel very, that that's difficult, that they're losing their beauty or that they're using their their youth. But uh, I think there's a way to for women to maintain that. And, and to me, the word is grace. Like there's a level of grace that a woman matures into that stands the test of time. It's timeless. And it's really cool to see you do that because it's more rare these days. Thank so I just you. wanted to acknowledge that. And for those that are listening, please go check out the, the YouTube or the Rumble because you'll see what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh,
1: thank you. I received that. Well, the
0: the reason why I was just going to say the reason why I'm bringing that up is because we're talking about polarity and and youthful energy and youthful presentation is meaningful for men.
2: Mm. And
0: and to your point, it takes work. Can you talk a little bit about what that is for you, how you've done it, how you've maintained that both physically, but also energetically and emotionally?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's. That has been a journey. The energetically, emotionally, physically, three elements has been a journey. And it started with intentionality. It started with, and it happened, I would say, Peter, in my sort of 49th stroke 50th year, when I decided that actually it was about time I started to love on me Mm -hmm. more than I loved on anybody else. It was about time I started to take care of me, right? And I claimed that. It's quite the opposite to what people think and what I thought. And it's interesting. I did a reel just the other day, and I was making a meal. And this meal um, was a full-on Indian meal, so it requires some effort. And this is a meal that I would normally make for my family or my husband. And at the moment, my husband's away. My children have now left the house. They don't live with us anymore. And so I just, I'm making this meal in such joy and bliss. And I I suddenly had this moment of realization that in the 50 years I've been on this planet, I have never made such an elaborate meal for me. Mm. Just for me.
0: Mm. Interesting. Right? Mm
1: -hmm. I'd spent years of service that I would never change again ever for my children for others for my work all my work has always been how can I serve people in every way shape and form Mm -hmm. and I would take care of myself I'd go to the gym I'd do all the things but I'd do it from a place of wanting to maintain a physical persona which is very different to the frequency that I hold now which is inside out, not Mm -hmm. outside in. Mm -hmm. So now it's all about how can I love on me more? How can I do the things that I do for everybody else, but do it for me, right? So like I was at my sister's house the other day and she has a trampoline and I just wanted to jump on the trampoline in the rain. Why not? <laughs> right? She yes. has two boys that are 12 and 10 and they're out there looking at their auntie in her <laughs> pink like rain mat <mask, laughs> jumping on the trampoline. Uh, right?
2: That's awesome.
1: And I just, <laughs> I can't stop myself from doing all these fun things. So in answer to your question, I've really tapped into what I want and then I do it. Mm-hmm. unapologetically and I don't mm-hmm. put an age range on it like I just do it and I don't want to hide anymore which is why I let my hair go mm-hmm. for 20 years I've been this gray and dying it and I just I don't want to anymore this is who I am and if, I've reached a point where if you can't love me for who I am I'm really okay with that mm-hmm. I can still love you
2: mm-hmm.
1: I can still love you I don't need you to like me. And I think that's the key. Mm-hmm. That's the key, as I'm thinking it through. Mm-hmm. I've got a point where I don't need you to like me. Cause I like me. Mm-hmm. Right.
0: But Yeah. I, you can, you can tell.
1: <laughs> I think that's what's this. That's what's the usefulness and the attractiveness now, because I get stopped everywhere. Like, what is it about you? And I honestly, literally say, I love me. Mm-hmm. I appreciate you for noticing. Thank you.
2: Mm. Hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: I love that. Uh, I, I imagine that you, we you mentioned uh, intimacy a little bit earlier, uh, yeah. and we are on the conversation of polarity. These things tend to uh, spill over into the bedroom, into the inti- intimacy space. In what ways have you? you talked about seasons the cycles of life and the seasons of life how do you keep it fresh how do you keep how do you keep the intimacy polarized so the attraction and the chemistry is still there
1: it starts out of the bedroom i have to be super honest with what i want i haven't been in the past so i've gone along with things and then resented him or regretted it not anything that is hurting me or in any way, shape, or form. I've mm-hmm. 100%ed. But I've got clear on what I want and I've got, I've got, I've become courageous to ask and say. And my no, my sacred no is just as powerful as my sacred yes. Hmm. So we've discussed and said, do you fancy this? Do you fancy, it? and we're trying to keep new things. And not only new things, but we're deepening the connection on a spiritual level. So mm. it's out to the bedroom. We meditate together. We go walks together. We have deep philosophical conversations together. He gets to hold me at my vulnerable list. That for me is intimacy, right? And mm-hmm. there are moments when I just don't feel like it and I'm able to say, babe, I'm not feeling it right now. My body is not feeling it right now. Can we just cuddle? Can we just? And I appreciate your needs as well. And I'm okay for you to take care of your needs. Right? Mm -hmm. If that feels good for you. But I, right in this moment, need to honor what's going on for my body. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes that's a hard pill for him to swallow, and sometimes he really respects me for that. Mm -hmm. And either or is okay. I don't judge him for either or. There's that freedom,
2: right? Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. a whole
1: different level of intimacy. It's not just, and we still have the play and the fun and the crazy, (laughs) crazy, right? And it's even more fun now because there's no kids in the house.
0: Right. Keeps it interesting. You know, one of the things uh, that I always find so interesting is that we tend to give the very thing that we want and how when you're in polarization, it's often the opposite of what we want. So, for example, you often hear and I'm talking specifically about intimacy. You often hear from women, you know, oh, that feels really good. Keep doing that. Mm
1: -hmm. That's
0: what will get me over the edge. That's what will have me uh, orgasm. And so the, cons- and this is the word consistency, but I think oftentimes what men experience is w- what we experience on our end is the variety is appealing, is attractive because our whole world is linear. And logical and everything makes sense and rational it's the irrational the storm like how the fuck are you crazy right now it's beautiful outside we're but you know it's like that doesn't make any sense and yes at times it's frustrating but in other times it's like we love it because it because it's so illogical you're not contained by the boundary of logic you know you have the freedom to just fucking feel whatever you want and it's like how do you how do you do that you have to have a reason for that No. No, we don't. Yep. You just, I just don't get to feel this way, and and yet at the same time that is attractive. And so, anyway, so men get to sort of orgasmville through the through the variety and through the the differences. And so I think sometimes when men are pleasing their women, and she's starting to you know get more excited, and she's like, keep doing that. Men are kind of like, no, no, no. And anyway, I'm, what I'm trying to get at is like, it's the consistency that we bring to the table, obviously not just in the bedroom, but like also with our jobs, with our provision, et cetera, the consistency to show up. But for the woman, it's it's the variety. And I share this because I think that this is something that couples can bring into their relationships. T- for women to recognize that you are so many different shades to us because you show up, it's like, it's... it's you know, I think women sometimes get insecure because they think, oh, they're gonna get tired with me and, and he's gonna want to spread his seed somewhere else or whatever. And what I want to encourage women is to with my message is you are those many shades. You are those many different, you know, people to us. And and truthfully, like Tony Robbins, going back to some of the Tony Robbins stuff, he and his wife have names for each other and then different names for different sort of personalities that they show up in.
1: Mm-hmm. And, you
0: know, one of his wives is, you know, the businesswoman and she's, you know, take charge, she gets shit done. Other times she's a little girl and she needs, you know, a hug and whatever. And then other times it's the sexy seductress. Mm-hmm. I love that idea of, of identifying these different needs, especially for men. is mm-hmm. And so for women to know that they can show up in all these different ways. And it's almost like you're with many different women it's the, it's meeting the need of the variety is what i'm ultimately getting at that yes. was a little soapbox thing but i'm curious do you have any other any other advice or tips for people who are looking to reinvent the intimacy and bring more polarization you explained some before do you have any other ones that
1: yeah absolutely variety you're 100% talking about the variety spontaneity just you know Yes, planet, and also don't. So it's (laughs) which makes no logical sense, right? Yes. But yes, planet, and also don't, right? Mm -hmm. And then, like, we have names for all the different personas that I I can be. Absolutely. Because then it not only does the name help the man, but it also helps the woman to get in that persona and it Mm -hmm. gives her permission to be in that persona, Mm -hmm. right? And Mm -hmm. to actually role play that persona right, in clothes, in hair, in makeup, in all of that. And then the other piece I would say is particularly for me as I've matured is that start much sooner with the foreplay. So, like, the gentle touches in the day, the gentle kisses in the day, this whole build-up, this momentum, this teasing, this excitement will create such... Magnetism, right? Just Mm -hmm. that paying attention, intentionality to what she needs before she asks for it. Oh, that's another one, a key one. Oh my God. If you can (laughs) lead in romance, that's the game changer. What does that mean? It means don't ask her where you want to eat or what she wants to eat or has she taken care of childcare? take care of it all, take care of it all, mm-hmm. decide what she's wearing, know that it's something that she'll be comfortable in, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Just like let her know this is what time, but do it in a way that you know that like, I know I don't like to eat dinner at 8.30 at night, right? If he's going to book a table at 8.30 at night, it's just not going to work. I'm going to be hangry as hell at that point.
2: Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm.
1: I like to have drinks at five o'clock. have dinner at six. Know your woman. Just know your woman
0: that's a I, that's a key part because I know a lot of men get frustrated at that advice to to lead because then they lead and then she's rolling her eyes or or she gets angry or something happens. and it's like, well, this isn't working. You have to there's <laughs> a key component where you have to really know what actually works for her. and so it's going to take some time. But Go ahead. This is helpful. What, what does that do for you when, when he takes that leadership?
1: Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? I can relax like there is. Even thinking about it, it makes my body go, hey, mm-hmm. baby, just take me. Just mm-hmm. take me. Because you have just allowed me to not have to make decisions. You've allowed me to rest. You've allowed me to be the woman I am. Like even when we're driving to wherever we're going and he puts a song on that he know I absolutely love. Right. Mm -hmm. And he'll put it on dead like cool while he's driving. (laughs) (laughs) Like he's not really thought about like dead cool. Right. And then he'll keep looking forward and, I'll look at him and smile, and I'll see that half smirk that comes up. <laughs> and it's just those little details.
0: Yeah, he's no dummy.
1: <laughs> he's, <laughs> he... <laughs> the big world, right? Yeah. I'll, or he'll take me to something that a new experience that I've never experienced before.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And Be really thoughtful with making sure he knows where the parking is and all, just the detail and nice and slow, right? The slower you can do it, the faster you'll get there, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. The slower you can do it. And head first. Don't start touching a nether regions first. Head first. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Work down, not up.
0: Yes, yes. Good. That's good advice. You said a second ago that when he's making decisions, it allows you to rest. I want to get into the nuance of that for half a second. I know we're getting sort of close on time, but for a lot of men, rest is is like downtime. It's like, I want to forget about everything. So I'm wanting you to explain why rest for you actually is invigorating and leads to intimacy. Why is that from a woman's perspective?
1: Because when a woman is not resting, she's tense. Her muscles are tight. She's holding what feels like the world. Everything.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Because she's in a masculine, and and it's not natural for us to stay in our masculine for that long. Mm -hmm. Right? So resting means she can release the masculine. It means that she can drop into her feminine. It means her face will soften. It means her physical body tissue, her muscles will soften. So this is when you notice the difference between a woman who has a resting bitch face, I like to call it, stern Mm -hmm. face,
2: Mm -hmm. right?
1: Where there's tension, right? Like, Like that, real tension in her face, in her jawline, it's chiseled. As opposed to a woman who's relaxed, which is her face drops. It literally drops and the, the muscle softens. And that's what's attractive, right? Mm-hmm. That's what causes the polarization that I'm assuming I'm checking. 100%.
0: Out. Oh, yeah. 100%. Right. Yep.
1: So that's what I mean by relaxed. She gets to breathe. <sighs> oh, okay. Mm. I'm taking care of you. He knows what he's doing. I can trust him. And if I can trust him, I feel safe. And if I feel safe, I can let my guard down. I can be that wild woman, right? Because it's mm-hmm. safe. It's safe mm-hmm. to relax. It's safe for my body to relax. Hmm. That's what
2: ba- I mean. <laughs> safety
0: is such an important word for the feminine psyche. And I, I used to think that it meant physical safety, like, but there's so much more that I think men are missing because a lot of men, I think do, you know, the, the, their rational, logical mind is, Oh, I will, you know, walk on the, on the you know st- street side while we're walking, or I'll have my back to the wall so I can see, you know, if there's any threats coming, they're thinking physical space and safety, which is important. That's necessary. Yeah. However, There's such a there's a whole other world of emotional safety that I don't know that many men have really stepped Mm. into fully yet. So you're really talking about the things, the thoughtfulness, the taking care of the plans so that you don't have to think about those things is providing mental, emotional relaxation and therefore safety on your part. Very, very key element.
2: Thank you for sharing that.
1: And and the other, one last thing, chivalry. Opening the damn door for her. (laughs) Just open the car door for her and Mm -hmm. wait for her to get in. Because the slower a woman moves, the more she's in her feminine. Mm. Don't rush her. Enjoy her movements. Mm. Notice her movements. When you notice her movements, she will feel your masculinity. It will be the biggest turn on for her. The biggest, like, open the door for her. Allow her to get in. Gently close the door. Slow it right down, right? Mm
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that.
0: (laughs) This feels like a good place to pause until our next conversation, so we will do that. You have really expanded what you've been doing. You are at Dimble, dimpleglobal.com. There's some, your website looks amazing, by the way. Absolutely amazing. It's beautiful. The two programs that you have that you're offering right now, if you could share briefly what those are about.
1: Oh, thank you, Peter, for the opportunity to share this with your beautiful people. So the first one is a live event, which I've started doing since covid Completed, and this one's called Abundant You Love, and it's literally all about how can you create that energetic, emotional, spiritual, physical connection between you and your beloved, or you and a previous or future partner. So this is being held in the UK in Liverpool, and I have many of my beautiful people flying over from across the pond Mm -hmm. for this event on the sixteenth of January. So there's a standard ticket and a VIP ticket. That's all available on my website. And then I also have something called Quantum Minds. So I've really expanded into the world of energy healing and energetics. And this is a a six-month journey with me. For those of you who are at a crossroads in your life, that are at a real pivotal moment, and you want to catapult through the quantum and really accelerate your life in no time at all. And that's a six-month online. Input, um, you actually get me. So it's a group group session. You get group healing. You get one-to-one coaching. It's beautiful. It's, it's a small, bespoke group. So that's happening.
0: Fantastic. And just to be clear, the Abundant You is that for men and women and or couples, all of the above?
1: All of the above single okay. men and women couples. Okay. I've actually got the I just have to tell you about the place it's been held. It, just if I may, just it's yes, so yes. it's so I'm so excited about it. It's a hotel <laughs> called Hope Street Hotel. It's a bespoke boutique hotel. They yeah. took me into this room, Peter, and I kid you not, it was an old school house, and it had like it's got like oak beans. And they've created this cinema room with, if you can imagine, plush velvet sofas in teal. So mm. there's these love sofas. <laughs> it's just like, I'm so excited about this. <laughs> it sounds
0: beautiful. For those that may not know Dimple as well as I do, the, the elegance that you bring, uh, just go to your website. I mean, it's your website is a beautiful reflection of the attention to detail and the elegance and the sophistication that you're bringing to create the environment for healing and inspiration because there's a lot of programs that are out there, but it's not as well thought through, I don't think is what you're bringing. I do want to acknowledge you really quick before we end this officially. We got together once not too long ago and my father was there and he had been working through some stuff and he had asked you a question. And I just watched you in that crowded room where everybody was talking. There's a lot of distractions You brought such a level of presence and love that, like, I don't think he had really felt in a while, and the it was palpable. You literally could feel the energetic shift around you, and and this isn't to you know blow smoke up anywhere, but it's just to simply acknowledge the work that you're doing, the groundedness from a but but from a feminine energy. Typically, we think of groundedness as, as masculine, but a realness and a presence that you brought that was so healing. Like, I literally could feel, it, even though you're talking to my father, I could feel it. And so anybody that's interested in Dimple's work, I can't recommend it enough because you, you, you've done the work. You're leading with love and vulnerability. That's a beautiful thing. So anybody that's thinking about it, she has my highest recommendations.
1: Peter, thank you. It was a privilege and honor to spend that time with your father. It really, really, like I hold men to the highest honor and privilege. So thank you.
0: We felt it. We felt it. And thank you. And thank you for this invigorating conversation once again. Until the next time, thank you so much,
1: Dimple. Take care.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Wired for Impact. The Wired for Impact podcast is independent and 100% fan-funded by Impact players like you. If you'd like to make a contribution to help support our channel, please visit impactnow.com forward slash donate. Your contributions help with web and media hosting, audio and video editing, transcriptions, graphic design, computer, and audio equipment. We also just launched a new merch store. You can check out our new merch of mugs, shirts, hoodies, and more at impactnow.com forward slash store. Next, if you'd like to find out how I can help you identify your purpose or expand your impact, visit me at impactnow.com and click on the work with me menu option to set up a free discovery call where we can discuss your goals and how I can help you crush self-sabotage and fulfill your potential. And one final reminder, you matter, you're needed, and you make a difference. Now go out there and create impact.